From FEMA Region 2, back at it one more again for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up with your host this evening, your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my co-host, my brother John the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Shout out to the whole On The Wake Up Radio family. Shout out to you, the listener, the On The Wake Up Radio Army. This is our fourth year anniversary. It was actually October 1st, but this is our first show since our anniversary. October 1st, our anniversary of On The Wake Up Radio. Peace, peace, big brother. Peace, everyone that's tuning in right now. Four years going strong. Thank you so much to all our supporters, all our listeners, everybody who tunes in, who spreads the word, who just lets people know what's going on with On The Wake Up Radio. I mean, since the beginning, we done had several websites. Um, we now have our own social media platform, otwtube.com. We have extensive archives. I mean, literally, if you were to tune in to, we, we have, a, and also our 24-hour streaming broadcast network. So that's uh, onthewakeupradio.com, onthewakeupradio.com. As always, especially if you're tuning in on the IG Live, tune in on onthewakeupradio.com. Boom, let me put that address in the chat for you right now because on the wake up radio.com, when we're not live, we are you can listen to past shows at any time. So we have over four years worth of content. On, on the wake up radio.com. <clears throat> so when we don't, when we're not, uh, when we're not broadcasting live, you can find old shows, archive shows, and on the wake up radio.com. I'm just putting this link in for y'all right now so that you can tune in. Boom. On the wake up radio.com. Because the thing is, you can tune in on the IG live, <clears throat> but as the show goes on, we start to talk about some hot shit, and then it starts to get a little dicey, so we always recommend people tune in on onthewakeupradio.com. Oh, man, my Fedco, uh, Fedco says, that was a great show last week. I was in Boston and Philly. Oh, thank you, big brother. Thank you, bro. Yeah, man. You know how it goes. Just sometimes we start going in on shit. Um, if you all don't check us out on, um, I shouldn't say that. 
You can also check out the archives on otwtube.com. You can hear past shows on there, the videos from there. But then you can also go on to the standard podcast platforms. That's um, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Check us out on those. If you check us out on those, definitely hit that like button and hit that share button. Share this content with somebody who you feel is on the wake up, whether they're ready to hear this material or whether they're not ready to hear this material, but you feel that they need to hear it because it's all hands on deck right now. I mean, these are crucial times right now. Since the beginning of our network, I mean, I, I was just going back on some of you know the archives from the beginning of our show and i mean we got 199 shows at this point 199 shows and it's 199 shows of fire fire and you know everything i feel like i feel like everything that we're in right now you know, we, we've been talking about this for years and kind of getting people prepared for this. And that's why we always tell people to go back on the archives, because the, a lot of conversations that, you know, it, it's tough for us to go back on the old conversations. And sometimes we have to just to catch people up to where we're at. We've talked about this for years, you know, even coming up on 2020, some of the best shows in my personal opinion, are the ones where we were approaching 2020. Because then you get to see it's getting closer. And even during that time, the end of 2019, you saw a lot of, um, I mean, the interference was crazy. The interference that we would get was crazy. Like, there, there are full shows that are just lost to history at this point because the type of interference that we were receiving on, on past platforms. And so, you know, it, it is what it is, but we did our best to kind of be nimble and then come back even stronger, which is what we did. You know, the shit shout out to, um, FEMA administrator, Deanne Criswell, Deanne, thank you for keeping the lights on. You know, we know that FEMA's got some, some, uh, tricks up its sleeve. It's funny because um, we've done, this is the, the title of today's program, tonight's program is Rise of the Gestapo Part 3. And we have, you know, I'm looking, I just see Rise of the Gestapo, the first one that we did. I can't tell you what the date is from that, but that's show number 59. So if you go and check out SoundCloud and you want to see Rise of the Gestapo Part 1, that's show number 59 on the list out of 199. But, you know, we, we faced so much interference over the years. And so that's what forced us to get to go to different platforms. That's what forced us to go to to create otwtube.com otwtube.com is our social media platform for us by us you know it's like the black youtube basically and a lot of the videos that you see being deleted off of youtube and other platforms instagram they're popping up on otwtube.com and that's why we encourage everybody to create an account on there and 
because th this is the time we're in the age of knowledge, okay? We're in the age of information. And it is important for certain parts of the discussion to be had at this point, and they're not. And that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Because, you know, we're living in this age of the pandemic and the dissent is being silenced, you know? And that's why we're calling this episode Rise of the Gestapo Part 2. There's so many different topics to touch on. You know, just warming up the mic right now. But, you know, we're dealing with these crooked-ass politicians who have nothing good in store for the people right now. And, you know, we've been talking for years about how this soft tyranny is growing a little bit harsher. And even before COVID popped off, we said that, you know, this soft tyranny would grow harsher. And we knew that it was very likely or very possible that 2020 would come in with a pandemic. So when it happened, it wasn't that surprising for a lot of us and on the wake up because we'd been talking about it prior and way prior to, you know, 2020. Uh, that that really caught my attention at least midway through 2019, where I said, "Oh shit, this is really happening," you know. And then you heard the the audios, the Friends of David Goldberg audios, and it was like, okay, so they were saying there was going to be, you know, a lot of stuff that they talked about in Friends of David Goldberg. They were talking about. You know, pandemic, they didn't say pandemic, though, but they said there was going to be a flu-like virus that was going to be taking people out. If anybody knows me, especially kind of offline, you know that I've been preparing people to the best of my ability. Um, I've been from whether it was training people, whether it was, you know, I was I started making thieves oil back like almost a decade ago because... I was under the impression that there was going to be some kind of pandemic. If y'all don't know what thieves oil is, you should check it out. Thieves oil is a combination. It's several oils. It's essential oils. It's like, um, oh, peace, 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 my brother, peace, my brother Zion, yo. Shout out to Zion. That's my brother right there. See? So just like I was saying, I got a lot of people who, you know, before I was really going public like this, you know, I was having my conversations offline. I was having my conversations face to face with people. And that's where I was. And then when, you know, when we uh, started the this network and this program, it was like, okay, almost like some final hour type shit. Like, all right, uh, I'm going to come out and, you know, I'm going to speak about the things that I've been building on for all these years because I've been in this shit, like I said, for 20 fucking years, yo, 20 years. And that's not to brag. That's not to be braggadocious or anything because that's just been my process. You know, I woke up 20 years ago and <laughs> that's right, my man Zion, I wasn't going to put you on blast, bro. But <laughs> well, that's right. We were doing the self-defense. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the conversations that we had were in preparation for these times that we're in right now. And I'm sure you fully understand that. You know what I'm saying? I tell all my brothers, all my young bucks, 
all my soldiers, the, the art of war, you know what I'm saying? Read the art of war, familiarize yourself with it because it's going to have you thinking differently about things. And so <clears throat> those are the kinds of conversations I was having offline, you know, not, uh, not in the public eye. And so now all these years later, now it's like, all right, you know, like final hour type shit. Like, okay, now I guess it's time to have these conversations and bring it to a wider audience because it, it, it's almost like, not that it doesn't matter, but we are so deep into this shit right now that I like the things that I'm saying, it's like whatever the government, you know what I'm saying? They don't really care. They don't give a fuck. Um, to a, to a large extent, they don't care because their plans are so far ahead of where we're at right now. Like, and you know, I hate to say it, but yeah, we're dealing with pandemic right now, but what happens when the next thing hits us? You know what I'm saying? It might not be pandemic and people have to be prepared for that. You know, we see this thing going on with the volcano, right? Las Palmas or La Palma over in the Canary Islands. If that thing breaks away, there could be a tidal wave that comes towards the east coast of the United States. Shit, with this um, blast wave accelerator technology. I think that's what they call it. Blast wave accelerated technology. I think that's what it's called. Whatever. They got technology that can create tidal waves. They've had that shit since at least World War II. The, the, the only reason from what I understand that they didn't use that on Japan during World War II because they wanted something that was a little more terrifying and devastating. A tidal wave, you could blame that on nature. Oh shit, look what God did. But a motherfucking nuclear bomb, you can't blame that on nature. Nah, we did that nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how you get people's attention. My my homeboy calls that the powers of persuasion. The powers of persuasion. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That'll persuade a motherfucker. Drop a nuclear weapon on them. You know. So they've had this technology since the since at least the 1940s, where they could literally create a tidal wave by detonating something in the ocean. So even if La Palmas doesn't you know, even if that, that uh, excuse me, the piece slides off and falls in the water and creates a tidal wave, it might not be enough to devastate us over here. But as the, the uh, lovable cocksucker Rahm Emanuel says, never let a crisis go to waste. You know, if that shit blows and a piece slides off, they might just, you know, give it a little blast wave acceleration and send that tidal wave. I hope it doesn't happen, you know? I'm not trying to manifest that. But what I am saying is that we're so focused on this pandemic that we we have to remember that other stuff can catch us too. And the art of war says it somewhere. I don't know if I can find it right now. Um but basically, if you have to defend everywhere, then you can defend nowhere. That's the gist of that. And so that, that's kind of where we're at right now, where we're forced to defend everywhere, which means 
it's going to be difficult for us to defend everywhere because we don't know the type of attacks that these people can mount on us. You know, uh, a lot of people on earth were not anticipating a pandemic and I don't know why, but then again, I do because they weren't reading the same type of content. They weren't looking at movies the same way that a lot of us were looking at these movies. And so it makes sense that they didn't see this coming. And no matter how much folks like us tried to warn them that, hey, you know what, you might want to stock up on some essentials, some immune system things. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. Homie says anything is possible from the wicked. You Exactly, brother. Exactly. You know, and so all we can do is prepare ourselves in the best way possible. You know, a, a lot of people, a lot of people are talking about bugging out. What about bugging in? You know, um, bugging in is a thing too, because sometimes that's what you need to do. You need to fortify where you're at in order to defend yourself. Like, okay, this is my thing, right? Because thank you. Thank you. That, that light Jones, you said it. She said, I seen it coming when 12 monkeys came out a while ago. That's right. Yo, if you go back, because, you know, I got my hashtag peep the propaganda, but if you go and look at that and you you go all the way back to the beginning, I was talking about pandemic from, you know, almost a decade ago. Like, hey, guys, there might be a pandemic. Hey, pay attention to the pandemic. I've been talking about this pandemic. So that's what I'm saying. It's no surprise to me that we're in a fucking pandemic. You know, I'll, I'll post that stuff in my stories later on, probably. But right, when 12 Monkeys came out, that let me know because it was 12 Monkeys. It was a show called The Strain. It was a show called The Last Ship. It was a show called The Walking Dead. It was a show called um, 12 Monkeys, The Strain, Last Ship, The Walking Dead. And I feel like there was a couple other ones too, you know? I remember one time I was walking through Grand Central Station. Now, y'all know Grand Central Station. If you don't know it, that is like the major train station in new york d major that's one of the two major train stations and major hubs in new york city 42nd street major i was walking through there i never go through grand central but this day i was going through there for some reason and when i was walking through the shit caught me off guard because it was um it was along the walls plastered on the walls, they had the biohazard sign, the biohazard shit, right? Big, huge, bigger than me, biohazard. And then next to it, they had a little sanitizer thing. <laughs> you know, they had a little sanitizer thing next to it. And I was like, what? So that went to the peep the propaganda file. Why would you put something like that in <clears throat> Grand Central Station? You know? Um, that shit is suspect to me because this is, you know, still on the heels of 9-11 and just that to put that type of thing, that type of vibration into the air, I feel like is a little irresponsible. Someone like me is going to pick up on it. Like, oh shit, it's going to be a pandemic. Other people, maybe not so much. People like us, I should say, are going to read into that a little bit differently. But 
other people aren't necessarily going to read into that. They're just going to go about their business, but then it's stored in their subconscious. Okay. This was like a decade ago, mind you. I'm trying to tell you, this is like a decade ago. So there's a lot of things that folks like us have been aware of and kind of privy to and got the leg up on. And so it, we're in a time and an era where we have to take that knowledge and information and apply it, you know, apply it. That's wisdom, right? Applied knowledge and information. That's wisdom because now we know, okay, we know what they're capable of. And so, I mean, and this is something I need to look into a little bit more, but if you see this G.I. Joe movie, not the one that came out recently, but there's one that came out a little while ago. Um, ooh, Mr. Eastland. I'm, I'll touch on that in a moment. Thank you. Thank you. But in one of the G.I. Joe movies, The Rise of Cobra, I think it's called, they had this thing where they call them rods from God. I don't know if they call it that in the movie. But basically, these things get shot from, from satellites, and they come down and, and they come down onto the earth, and they pierce into the ground, and they're able to destroy cities. And these rods from God, you know, these is a, this is a weapon system. Apparently, this is a real weapon system. And these rods from God, the thing is that they can do just as much damage as a nuclear weapon but with no nuclear fallout, no nuclear fallout. So they could be, could be a direct attack, rise from God, or they can call it, they can say that there's a media strike, you know? Um, how many movies have we seen about comets and meteors hitting the earth and, you know, all kind of stuff like that? Peep the propaganda, you know? So, as we're over here preparing for a pandemic, getting the herbs and the oils and all that stuff to keep our immune systems tight. I mean, what if the next thing has nothing to do with a pandemic? You know what I'm saying? That's just one thing. Tidal wave, that's another thing. You know what I'm saying? Fucking aliens, UFOs. What, what happened? Thank you. My man Zion says they're mostly from drones. Thank you. Thank you, brother. You know what I'm saying? What if these things are coming from drones? That's another thing. The drone game, the drone game has, I mean, from even in the last 10 years, the drone game now, that shit is crazy. I mean, in the Friends of David Goldberg content, I'm hearing about these little drones. I don't even know really what kind of drones they are, but this guy is talking about drones, little tiny drones that can come into people's homes. And, you know, burn through their windows and come and deliver a little dose of scopolamine to their nose and have these people wake up, you know what I'm saying, middle of the night and walk into the fucking FEMA van to be taken to an underground base. You know, this is like most people aren't even thinking about this shit. And, and it's for and that type of thing, according to the David Goldberg tapes, is being reserved for you know, people more like us, people on our end of the spectrum, people who may not go along with this new world order. And that's, yeah, it's fucking horrific. I mean, and the stuff that they said they want to do to people, it's like, listen, I realize, see, I, you know, 
outside of this, you know, I, I'm a massage therapist, I'm energy worker, you know, I'm Reiki master, Tai Chi instructor, all this stuff. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? That's what I do. And what I realize is we still need to work on our vibration, you know, because we're living in, you know, so-called scary times and Fear at this point is a luxury. Like you cannot be scared. You know, the only time you should be scared is if there is an immediate threat. Anything beyond that is, um, it's a misuse of fear. Even if it's being caused by other people, the media, the government, whatever it is, like it's a misuse of fear, you know, like it's it excess fear. In Chinese medicine, they, they, they have a description of a disorder. They say ex- excess happiness or excessive happiness, you know? Excess happiness is like, uh, excuse me, that's like bipolar disorder. You know what I'm saying? That's like somebody who's just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, laughing and all this other stuff. Like, okay, motherfucker, like you're not really happy. You know what I'm saying? Whatever's going on with you is a little excessive. And you need to calm your fire. You know what I'm saying? You need to calm that Shen fire a little bit. Okay? Right. The harvest of fear. Yeah, that loose energy. You know what I'm saying? So fear, like fear, the only time fear is productive is in fight or flight. Um, the manifestations of fear, from what I understand, it's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. I learned this from a psychiatrist friend. I didn't know about those second two. Fight or flight, though, that's the proper use of fear. You're either fighting off something that that can harm you, or you're running from it. You're fleeing from it. Okay? But freezing from fear, that is not productive. And I feel like a lot of people are in that frozen, unproductive place of fear, you know? Where, like, okay, perfect example. This is what I tell my clients all the time. I want y'all to remember this. If you see, you see a little bird, right? A little bird is sitting there chilling, eating some grains off of the ground. And then something comes by. Let's say a cat tries to get it. What's the bird do? Bird flies off into the tree. Once the bird's in the tree, what does it do? Goes back to eating. You don't give a fuck about that cat. He is um, resolved that adrenaline or that whatever that chemical is that's surging through its body, right? Now, think about when you're sitting at work, you know what I'm saying? Stressed out. Boss comes over, boss is getting in your ass about something. You know, you can't knock out your boss. You can't just get up and run even though you want to. What do you do? What's the body do? You sit there and you absorb that fear, and you digest it, that fear, that anxiety, that prolonged anxiety. You know, maybe you're, you're scared, worried about your job. So you're over there stressing out, got the boss in your ear, and all you can do is just sit there and just take that shit. You freeze. All you can do is freeze. Or you fawn. Fawn and you start kissing your boss's ass. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, yes, Mr. Johnson. Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Oh, you're right, Mr. Johnson. Did I tell you how good that tie looks on you, Mr. Johnson? You, you know what I'm saying? Fawning. You know what I'm saying? So... I feel like freezing and fawning are definitely unproductive, but to be in a state of fear, period, is unproductive. So, 
on this show, I've been told that we talk about some scary stuff. I've had people, trust me, I've put people on. I said, listen, you know, you could tune in, but, it, you know, just be prepared. And then they come back to me later on and be like, y'all talk about some scary stuff. You know what? It may be scary, but this is what's going on in the world right now. And we do our best to to give it to you in a way where, you know, it's easily easily palatable because it's a lot for me this is 20 years of research and information i think i told you i was a history major you know so besides learning a little bit of history i learned how to research and i learned how to research well that's why you can't just tell me anything because i'm gonna go and find out the sources i'm gonna find out the primary sources for myself you know what i mean and I see now how that tool is so valuable, you know, 2021, because like with what we're going on with this pandemic specifically, there is so much, we are being fed so much bullshit and I'm going to take straight up, we're being fed bullshit, you know, and I have so many receipts for it to prove it. You know, I listen to, I've listened to hours and hours of doctors describing why this is bullshit. Um, there's um, there's a nurse. Y'all should write this down. You already know we haven't said in a while. Take out your pens, papers, notebooks, textbook, edit, whatever you have to take some notes. You know, things that you might want to look up for yourself because it's um, we're at a point right now where. You know, a lot of these people should be put to prison. They should definitely be put into prison. They should definitely be on trial for what they're doing. And if the people are not educated on even just the language to use and where to appeal, then, you know, all this research is for naught. So what are we really doing it for? So, um... That's kind of, that's where I'm at. You know, it's at this point compiling information that hopefully could be used in, you know, and upheld in the court of law because I'm in NYC right now and they have these, you know, listen, folks, conversation's about to get hot right now. If you're listening on the IG live, go to on the wakeupradio.com. You can still listen on the IG live. Just turn down the volume on the IG. It's about to get into some hot shit right now. And you know how that goes. Once we start having these conversations, then things start blinking out. People start getting kicked out of the live, all kind of shit, okay? Give y'all about 30 seconds to do that. Let me just sip on some wine. So... I was listening to this nurse. His name is Alfred Spence. Nurse Alfred Spence out of South Carolina. Nurse Spence, he was, you know, working with COVID patients, definitely a believer in COVID and everything and the whole pandemic. There is, um, he did a public testimony it was with, hold on, let me pull up the name. 
the um, Medical Affairs Committee of South Carolina, Medical Affairs Committee of South Carolina. And Mr. Spence goes in on these motherfuckers and he explains how, you know, he was taking his precautions for COVID. Um, he was working, he was working in a pulmonary unit. People are coming in with, um, you know, pneumonia, people getting tested for tuberculosis, all kinds of stuff. People who are down, you know, anybody, basically they have a, a, like 99% survival rate or something like that. Whatever the survival rate is, it's high on his unit because they know how to deal with people. When people, when they get pneumonia, it usually turns into bacterial pneumonia. They know how to deal with it, right? So as he starts dealing with COVID patients, he notices the inconsistencies in treatment, you know, like he explains little things like when you're dealing with that type of patient with low, with low um, oxygen saturation, you know, below like 90 or below 80, 90%, something like that, <clears throat> you're supposed to, at during intervals, you're supposed to get them up and walk them around so that you can get their lungs back to breathing. With COVID patients, they were told not to do this. You know, um, he observed in, in at least one situation, a Hispanic man, they gave them, gave the man remdesivir. When he gave the man remdesivir, within an hour, within a fucking hour, this man had pulmonary edema. Now, if you remember, I spoke about Dr. Brian Artis, A-R-D-I-S, B-R-Y-A-N-A-R-D-I-S. Dr. Brian Artis, look up his shit. Dr. Brian Artis told us a year ago that remdesivir is one of the things, one of the main things that's killing people in the hospitals, okay? Remdesivir. He explained that remdesivir, the, the side effect, remdesivir, one of the side effects is death. Remdesivir kills 54% of the people who take remdesivir, okay? That that was made the uh, the protocol by Dr. Fauci, okay? Dr. Fauci said, Remdesivir has to be part of the protocol, okay? It's an antiviral. They used it in Ebola studies, but because so many people died, 54% of the people who they who used it died in the Ebola study, they had to remove it. Couldn't even finish the study. There was remdesivir and three other drugs, okay? So Dr. Fauci knew that this drug was bullshit, okay? Well, for whatever reason, it's part of the COVID protocol right now. And this is according to Dr. Brian Artis, okay? So nurse Albert Spence tells us that, yes, this Hispanic man, he, he was put on remdesivir, and within an hour, he had pulmonary edema. Why? Dr. Brian Artis tells us that remdesivir shuts down, shuts down the kidneys. It also can cause um, uh, organ, fa organ failure in general, all right? Once that kidney, once the kidney failure, once the kidneys go down then the the kidneys deal with pumping fluids you know the once the kidneys go down then the body can no longer pump with fluids and the body cavities fill with fluids the, once the fluids get past the diaphragm then it goes into the lungs and it becomes pulmonary edema what i believe they're calling pneumonia okay once they get you know the pulmonary edema they get put on the ventilator and the ventilator continues to blow out the lungs dr brian artis um uh, nurse, nurse Albert Spence, nurse Erin Oshesky, 
I think that's how you say her name, Erin. Nurse, look up Nurse Erin, okay? Nurse Erin was the one working over at Elmhurst Hospital. Nurse Erin Oshesky, all of these people, Dr. Cameron Kyle, early on in the pandemic, all of these people were talking about this, how the ventilators are blowing out people's lungs. When this is why, once people are put on the ventilators, they're being put on the ventilators that are calibrated for viral pneumonia. But Dr. Cameron Kyle says that what's actually going on, what he's observing is people are, are um, presenting with apoxia or, or hypoxia, basically uh, altitude sickness, where it looks like their bodies are being starved of oxygen. So if your body's being starved of oxygen and then you get put on a machine for viral pneumonia, that's not the right setting for it. So people's lungs are being blown out. And, you know, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem appears as a nail. So people's lungs are being expanded to the point where, you know, there's nothing else that they can do. So doctor, excuse me, um, nurse Albert Spence tells us that his job was to, um, you know, at the, at the end stage of these uh, COVID patients' lives, he was the one who was brought in there and he would administer the, um, the morphine and something else. And basically they would take off their mask and they would gasp themselves to death, okay? So he explained that around January 20th, you know, early January, 2021, Started seeing fewer and fewer COVID patients. So he said, oh, this is great. I guess we're getting over the pandemic. But then he realized that what had also changed was that the CDC changed their guidelines on the PCR tests, where they're no longer doing, you know, cycles in the high 30s, 40s. Yeah, this shit is horrendous, y'all. This is an I'm just I'm just giving the account of what the different people have been saying. Like I said, I've been listening to hours of people talk about this shit, okay? So I'm just translating it to you now. I have a lot of this on my page too, so you can check it out at another time. So the the thing with the PCR with the uh the PCR tests and the cycles on the PCR test, okay? If you do about 28 cycles, one one the PCR test is not to be used to diagnose disease, plain and simple. It's not to be used to diagnose a disease. It, the PCR test takes DNA fragments and basically blows it up or, or expands it so that you can say, oh, yes, you have this genetic material in your body. It's not, it's not a diagnostic test, okay? First and foremost. And the, the creator of the test says this, um, Carrie Mullis, he's been saying this for like 20, almost, I think 30 years. Like, no, it's not a diagnostic test. It just blows up the DNA that's already in your body. And it says, so like, and that's a whole other shit too. Because I am curious how many people who are actually coming down with what they are calling COVID, how many of those people have received a flu shot in the last five, 10 years? That's a question that may never be answered for me. Hopefully it will be answered, but that's just a question that I've had. How many people who are being diagnosed with this have been given a flu shot in the last five or 10 years? Might be surprised. But, so that's one thing with the PCR test. So 
because in the in, in what I've recently learned is that a lot of the recent flu shots have also had coronaviruses in them. If anybody knows coronavirus, that's like a common common cold. You know what I mean? Coronaviruses have been around for at least you know sixty years or understood sixty years. You get the common cold. What people sometimes say, "Oh, I got the flu." It's not even the flu. It's a coronavirus. It's a rhinovirus. It's an adenovirus. It's one of these types of viruses. Um. So the PCR test, it was never meant to diagnose disease. It's just meant to identify DNA fragments. Okay. The DA, the the PCR test cycles. There's um by the cycles they mean how many times it's replicated. After about 35 cycles, 35, you know, high 30s, 30, 35 cycles, you start to get to that point and you're going to have like 90 something, 80, 90 something percent um, false positives. Okay. Um, And this is why, you know, one of our shows was called False Positive Politics. False positive politics. Check out that show because that's what that's based on. We have all these policies right now based on false positives where, listen, so many people, the whole idea of asymptomatic spreaders of the disease, like, you really think that's a thing? Um... Right. Thank you. That light Jones says, yeah, true. It says it on the back of our Lysol cans. Lysol has been around for years. Yeah, exactly. Like, because, yeah, I mean, and, and Lysol, yeah, uh, Lysol is one of those. It can probably kill AIDS and all kind of stuff, but you can't put it in your body and kill it. But yeah, it's been around for a long time. So, you know, I'm not making this stuff. Um, Natasha Katana says, good point. Are the vaccines all connected for a certain outcome? Well, I've been, if you, I've been listening to Deborah Tavares, her content for like regularly, like steadily listen to it for about six years right now. And she's been ringing the alarm about this for a while. Deborah Tavares <clears throat> out of California, out of Santa Rosa, California, she's been explaining for years that, you know, try, you know, if you can avoid getting these vaccines because they have latent viruses in them and they were, there are viruses that will be activated by the 5G. So when this first started going down and people were saying, oh, 5G is causing, 5G is causing coronavirus, you know, um, it, it had me thinking like, maybe 5G is causing it, but maybe it's not. You know what I'm saying? What if 5G is activating the viruses that are already latent in people? You know, this is just one. What what happens when they use different frequencies? Who knows what could be woken up in people at this point? And she said people are going to come down with these horrendous diseases. This is the thing. Whatever coronavirus is, um, whatever it is, I'm not I'm not going to say it's fake because there's something going on. You know. Now one of the things. One of the things that, a few of the things that we know are going on, one, the remdesivir. We know the remdesivir is uh, shutting down people's organs. So 
you have doctors saying, oh, we've never seen a virus that shuts down organs, but they're not looking at the remdesivir. And, you know, I talk to a lot of doctors and get their opinions and act, you know, ask them what they're experiencing. And you have, you have to understand a lot of doctors are not going to sway from what they're being told is going on. You know, they have their medical licenses that they can't lose. And they're not questioning you. They're people like us, you know, uh, for the most part. They're just regular people. There's no, like, this is something that Carrie Muller said, the inventor of the PCR test, that really struck me. He said that in an interview, he said that, you know, he felt like as you go through medicine, there's a certain point where there's some, you know, old wise men there that are kind of guiding what's going on. And he realized the further you get up there, there's no old wise men up there. There's just people just like him who are basically following orders. So, you know, think of it like that. You have a whole bunch of people who are following orders. And so Dr. Christina Clark, Dr. Christina Clark, you all may have seen, she is the sister who she gave this bomb testimony in Michigan about um, it was the testimony on the unscientific foolishness of vaccine mandates or something like that. But she was basically explaining that all of these, you know, the um, American Medical American Medical Association and you know, all, all these different things, all these different medical associations, a lot of them receive their money from organizations like NIH, the National Institute of Health. So if they're, you know, they know who, uh, you call it who butters their bread, basically, they're not going to step out of line because if the NIH says this, okay, this is what we're doing in the end of the day, you know? Um, Rhea Two Fly says, the radiation poisoning from 5G has the same effects as the quote-unquote virus. They rolled out 5G the same time as they introduced the virus. There even as there even was a video where a guy who was installing a 5G tower showed that it has corona on it. Oh, yeah, I got that video on my page, too. Yeah, that's right. There's a guy that who's working with the 5G, and, and one of the antennas, one of the small antennas says, um, one of the small antennas, it actually says, COVID-19 on it. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, what? <laughs> what is that? You know, I remember that. And so, you know, there is is very likely a connection, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to sit here and say yes, because I don't, you know, I don't have the equipment to test that out, like all that shit. But it, there's, there's likely a connection between all of that. So, a lot of what we're seeing right now. So you have the PCR test, which is bullshit. The CDC, you know, we talked about on a past show, the CDC is pulling, is pulling the, uh, the PCR test. Okay. They're pulling it come December 31st, 2021. The PCR test will no longer be used for, for diagnosing uh, COVID-19. And it's hilarious because why don't y'all just pull it right now? But that's still the gold standard for diagnosis. So there's the next part because 
COVID was never actually, as far as I know, it still has never been isolated. It's never been isolated. It's been, um, they basically found two little pieces of it, piece or two of it, took it off some lung tissue or something from someone who was sick, and they used AI to fill in the blanks and say, okay, this must be it. This is the way someone described it. Was it, was it, I don't know if it was Michael Yeadon, one of those smart motherfuckers. I can't remember who did it now. But basically explain that. It's like if you had, here's the art of war, right? Let's say it says the art of war, right? On page one, Roman numeral page seven. And then you take another part and it says therefore, right? The art of war. And therefore, on page 98, and then you put them together and the AI does this thing and whatever it shits out, even though the actual content is this, the art of war, whatever it gives in between, is it going to produce the art of war off of those words? Very unlikely. But whatever it produces from that, whatever the AI produces, they say, ah, there you go. That's COVID-19. That's what the fuck they did to sequence it. So they never actually sequenced it. They, they have an artificial intelligence projection of what they think it might be. And then they go and develop an mRNA spike protein gene therapy based off of that and are mandating that people inject that into their bodies. They have no idea if that's actually what it is, okay? And, you know, there's people that you can listen to who are far more intelligent than I am. I mean, Michael Yeadon, he's a former uh, Pfizer executive. Um, Dr. Carrie Made, M-A-D-E-J, she's another one who talks about this stuff. Um... Dr. Sherry Tenpenny talks about this. Dr. Christian Northrup talks about this. Dr. Larry or Dr. Lawrence Pilevsky talks about this. Dr. Um, fuck is this guy's name? Dr. Stephen Baker talks about this. Okay, these are all people who are talking about this. You know what I'm saying? Like this is. Like I said, I've been listening to hours, literally hours and hours and hours of this content, you know? And you know what's crazy is some of the illest, some of the people who are the illest, um, Michael Yeadon, former Pfizer executive, and Karen Kingston, former Pfizer, um, she's a, a, a medical device expert. The, when they talk about this, the former Pfizer people, they talk about it. They say, oh, this might be, this looks like a bioweapon to depopulate the planet. <laughs> this is what the Pfizer people say. This is what the former Pfizer people say. Most other people will not take that logical leap, but the Pfizer people will. That should tell you something. I'm not making this up. Go listen to those people for yourself. Go listen to what Michael Yeadon says about it, Y-E-A-D-O-N. Go see what Karen Kingston says about it. I hope y'all are taking notes on this shit. Listen, man, this is like, it's down to the fucking line right now. And we can no longer, 
be inactive, you know? You can't, even if you don't want to speak up, do something for yourself. Do something. Don't just sit here and let these people take you out, you know? More than anything else, don't let these people take you out. Mr. Eastland said the answers are in the Talmud. <laughs> Yo, you got to go back on some of our old shows. We we talk about the Talmud plenty in here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of answers in the Talmud. You know, a lot of people want to know kind of what they think of us. You know, they call us goyim and how they want to approach us and how they want to enslave us. I don't know if they're going to be able to enslave us. They'd like to. But if you look at what, you know, kind of what's going on with the elites and these type of people, like... Their plans never go the way that they want them to. They kind of go the way that they want them to, but this shit's be sloppy, like super sloppy, shabbily put together. You know, like look at this fucking pandemic. Like this thing is shabby. You have too many doctors who are speaking out about what's going on right now. And all they can do is keep, you know, pushing these different types of mandates. Look, and the government can't even do it straight up. They can't even do it. They're pussies. They can't even do it straight up and saying, you know, they got to do it. They got to enforce it through lower level. They got to enforce it through businesses. Oh, you can't work if you if you have more than 100 employees. You, everyone has to get the shot. That type of shit. Like, well, they're pussies. You know what I'm saying? No. Get, get your fucking uh, soldiers with your guns and come here and make people put it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. That would be fighting people straight up, but then they would have a war on their hands. They can't do that. So they say, okay, we're going to mandate it through the businesses. Business owners, if you don't do this, if you don't follow this mandate, we're going to tax you out your asshole. You know what I'm saying? Of course they, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think they're going to do? They, nobody wants a $700 fine, whatever it is, you know? Um, <laughs> nobody, no business owner wants that type of fine. I say those business owners to tell them, to, whoever's giving those fines, tell them that they should take that fine and shove it up their asshole and go fuck themselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, he said, yeah, it does sound like Georgia Guidestones. It sounds just like Georgia Guidestones. Maybe I'll read the Georgia Guidestones tonight, you know, just to refresh people's memories. Because they're out here trying to get rid of people. But we had this, um, you know, pesky way of wanting to live and survive. How was it in NYC with the mandates, etc.? You know, it's tyrannical. It's to be expected. You have a lot of businesses who, a lot of restaurants who are not allowing unvaccinated people to come in. It's just what it is. Um, you know, I don't get too bent out of shape over that. I like to cook, you know, they still take out food, what I, um, and people, you know, people in this city are largely for it, you know, cause they've been scared. And remember this is where nine 11, like directly happened. So I think it took, you know, 20 years for people to kind of get beat down and finally, and finally submit. But then you do have people who aren't really with the shit. And they don't ask for vaccine cards. They don't give a fuck about your cards. And there's a growing movement of people like that, you know. I still have my spots where I go and eat. You know, fuck these people. Fuck their mandates. And, um, you know... <sighs> 
that's where we're at right now. And it's sad because a lot of people are losing their jobs. I know people who have lost lost their jobs over it. You have all these people who are all these medical workers who are who are being fired because they refuse to get the shot. And they're being fired and then they're also not allowed to receive unemployment. You know, this like, this is going too far, you know? And and that's why this, this episode is called Rise of the Gestapo Part 3. Because to just kind of revisit the Gestapo-esque tactics that are being used on people at this point. You know, my brother John always talks about the financial castration, and we are really witnessing it right now. And we have to ask, why are the healthcare workers not getting the shot? Why do they refuse? What are they seeing or experiencing that they're not getting the shot? This is from Yahoo News from Sunday, October 3rd. So that's from, you know, last night, tonight. Or yesterday evening, a healthcare worker who was just fired for refusing the COVID-19 shot says she wouldn't get it even if God said you must take this vaccine, quote unquote. Karen Roses of Riverhead, from Riverhead, that's Long Island. Karen Roses worked at Peconic Bay Medical Center in Riverhead, New York, for over three years as a patient care technician. She said the pandemic has been exhausting, leaving medical personnel burnt out and hospitals understaffed. Then came the vaccination mandate. Quote, they come out with the mandate and they just basically threw us under the bus. End quote. Roses, 64, said about healthcare workers. She called the hospital callous, quote unquote, callous for terminating employees while disregarding how long they had been employed with the hospital or whether they were seeking medical or religious exemptions to the vaccine. Um... According to the state mandate that went into effect in August, New York hospitals and nursing home health care workers were required to have received their first COVID-19 vaccine dose by September 27th, while home care hospice and adult care facility workers have until October 7th. That's in three days. Roses was terminated the day after the vaccine deadline. Roses said unvaccinated healthcare workers are being singled out and blamed for the ongoing pandemic, despite early suggestions that vaccinated people can spread the coronavirus as well. However, a recent study found that COVID-19 vaccines considerably reduce transmission of the virus by anywhere from 36 to 65%. Now, look, that's where I stopped reading the article, because obviously this is still a propaganda piece. Um... Dr. Uh, Christine Christine Severin. Dr. Christine Severin, I believe her name is, right? She's the one who testified in Ohio, and she completely took a dump on these mandates, you know, um, the vaccine mandates. She explained that the vaccine, what they're telling us, did my video get deleted? It might have, you know how they do. 
she explained that, oh, they might have deleted my shit quietly. Dr. Christine Severin or Christina Severin explained that the, the shot isn't 90 anything percent effective. They did a control group. They did a control group. They did, you know, basically half. It was like 222 people or something like that. Half received the shot. Half didn't. The group that received the shot and then had like 0.07 or 0.02% were infected with the virus after. Like 0.07% got nothing. Or excuse me, 0.07 of the unvaccinated got it, right? So basically in like less than a percent of the people who were vaccinated, less than a percent, 90 something percent of those, (laughs) if you could even, it was something goofy about how they did the numbers, like 95% of 0.07% of people, it was effective in them. So when they say, oh, it's 95% effective, it's bullshit, okay? And remember, people are being, it's being measured through the PCR test, which is bullshit. Just like nurse Alfred Spence said, January 20th, 2021, CDC changed the the PCR cycling back down to like 28, which means that you're going to have fewer positive COVID cases. Yeah, I think they really actually deleted that video. I put up that Christine Severin video and I'm not seeing it. Maybe it's here somewhere and I'm just overlooking it, but I think these motherfuckers deleted it. Um, yeah, so that's gone. Okay, no problem. But, um, yeah, y'all should look it up. Doc, Dr. Christine Severin, S-C-V-E-R-Y-N. Used to have it on my page, but I, I no longer see it there. So that's too bad because she was shitting on this whole narrative. She just took a dump on their whole thing. You know, um... So, yeah, that, that's what's going on in New York right now. You know, it's no good. And they have these mandates going into effect. And they're really trying to squeeze people. And it's fucked up how people, you know, healthcare workers who are unwilling to get this shot aren't able to get unemployment. And then also how they're bringing in the National Guard. Like, y'all heard about that part? Um... Now, I don't know if they started doing it yet. If they've started bringing the National Guard in at this point. But that's going to start happening in New York soon enough, right? So when I was looking at these stories, right? So, okay, they're going to bring the National Guard to assist with, you know, 
because these hospital workers, these healthcare workers who don't want to get the shot. Right? Okay, no problem. Now, it's interesting because when I did a little search, I just did National Guard and hospitals in the search engine. And all these articles popped up. It's from the LA Times. National Guard to assist hospitals in rural California. If you know anything about rural California, that's not like the city in California, okay? That rural California is more like Virginia, like old Virginia. I see you. Thank you for tuning in. Rural California is like old Virginia, okay? They like their guns. They like their ganja, and they like to be left the fuck alone. Okay, they don't want more government over there. And they're not going to go along with all any of this shit because they don't need it. You know, um, there's another one. This is from Montana Public Radio. This is from September 21st. Governor Gianforte is sending National Guard troops to six Montana hospitals. Pay attention, folks. Rise of the Gestapo. Now it's Montana. We did California, Montana. Um, September 12, 2021. How National Guard members are helping hospitals on the brink during Delta surge. Um, this is during Kentucky's Delta surge. Kentucky. Kentucky National Guard. Okay. Pay attention, folks. Where are we at? Who's this? Who's this? Oh, that. Oh, that. Georgia National Guard deployed to hospitals August 26, 2021. I'm just going through articles right now. Rural California. Oh, here's a new state. Tennessee National Guard supporting 13 hospitals combat COVID-19, August 26, 2021. So do you think that this whole push to mobilize the National Guard in New York is just a New York thing? Pay attention, folks. You know, I hope I'm wrong on this one. I hope I'm wrong on this one, but Sergeant Major Dan Page told us years ago that 2020 would begin basically the fall of the United States, you know, and that there would be a new constitution, constitution would be suspended, there'd be emergency police powers, there'd be international events, that type of thing. And at that point, I didn't put together that it might be a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. I was thinking more like, um, I was thinking more like, you know, a war, foreign war, something, another foreign entanglement, something along those lines. But now it all makes sense. And, you know, he said they wouldn't call it martial law, but emergency police powers. Well, they didn't even call it that. You know, they called it lockdown. It's called a lockdown. You know what I mean? Can y'all believe that they were able to lock down the whole world? This whole country and the whole world? Unfucking believable. 
you know, and we shouldn't look at this like a normal course of events. Out of the blue BMX, my brother, he said there was a COVID response team that was swarmed around the massage place at the mall. That's what they were doing. And she said they are EMTs that work for FEMA. That was in KC today, Kansas City today, Kansas City. Folks, thank you for that. Pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. And see, this is the thing, because excuse me, this is why the powers that be want to stifle conversation. Because, you know, you start putting the pieces together. When we have conversations like this, we start putting the pieces together. You start to realize, oh, that's going on in your city, too. Oh, shit, that's going on over here, too. He said, I asked if they were contact tracers, and they said, no. No, we aren't on that level or field of intelligence. Hmm. Interesting. September, this from Indy Star. In September 29, 2021, why the Indiana National Guard is staffing hospitals and how that partnership works. I'm just reading the headlines right now. I'm not even necessarily going into these articles. Look, I'll read some of this. Look, the news that Indiana National Guard members have deployed to help out stressed hospital staff sparked images of camel-clad nurses in heavy work boots clomping into patients' rooms to take the place of nurses, but that's not precisely what's going on. For starters, the Indiana Guard members deployed to Indiana hospitals wear scrubs. They perform a variety of jobs to help ease the workload of hospital staff that's been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic for more than a year and a half. Here's what we need to know. So, for one thing, people have to understand because they talk They talk about, um, you know, the media talks about how hospitals are understaffed and how the load is that is unbearable and all these patients coming in but you have to remember there were a lot of nurse layoffs in the last year why i don't know maybe they didn't want to pay people for doing fucking tiktok videos i don't know you know what i'm saying but a lot of nurses were laid off in the last year and that caused this artificial nurse crisis which i'm still trying to understand this artificial healthcare worker crisis because there's, it's not that there aren't enough healthcare workers, but they were laid off. And now with the ones who don't want to receive the shot, they're getting fired. So what does that create? You're creating an environment of yes men and yes women. Fucking people who will, go, who will literally go along to get along. That's a problem. That's a problem. Because that's how you create the environment, you know, a Gestapo West environment. September 28, 2021, New York hospitals fire, suspend unvaccinated staff, National Guard to replace them. So Sergeant Major Dan Page told us that this was going to happen, that these, you know, he explained that while people are being distracted by these international events and you know all these other things, the forces would be moved in, you know? And that's not to say that the National Guard are those forces, but just the idea of the military being that, you know, much closer to the people in an official capacity is pretty alarming. It may be nothing, maybe they'll leave their guns at home, you know what I mean? Maybe it's nothing. 
but it, it's it's uncomfortable and people should take note you know um pay attention pay attention wow yo why has anybody asked the question why healthcare workers don't want to get the shot I know I'm pretty sure I asked that before, but I'm asking it again. Why do they not want to get the shot? I mean, if you see the, the Project Veritas, you see the Project Veritas um, undercover report at the HHS, at an HHS hospital, a Health and Human Services Hospital where one of the doctors was furious because <clears throat> they're getting these so-called COVID patients and they're like, the vaccine's bullshit. It's not working. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh shit. <laughs> Fred Carlack, is that you? Oh yo. Holla at me. Holla at your brother. Wow. I yo, it's been a long time. I love y'all, man. This is crazy. Wow. You fell off the fucking earth. Yeah, holla at your brother. Um, that light Jones says, yes. And the scientists that work for Johnson and Johnson didn't want to get it and laugh. Yeah. He laughed. Yo, these fucking people are crazy. This is the thing. Like the system that's being set up right now, this is a level of tyranny that we probably haven't seen in this country since like the British, you know what I'm saying? Good night. Good night. Glad to see you. Um, you know, we haven't seen this since the British were we're running this country in an official capacity, you know, and they're trying to get people backs against the wall right now. <sighs> and, you know, like, like I said, the name of the program tonight is rise of the Gestapo part three, because, um, because, you know, people have to pay attention. Like there's no more sitting on the sidelines. You got to find a way to push back in your own way, even if it's not going along with the with the mandates, not getting the shot. Like this is what I tell people all the time. If you don't want to get the shot, don't get the shot. Don't let anybody coerce you into getting it. If you want to get it, that's your business. Go ahead and do it. But don't allow yourself to be coerced into doing it because that violates the Geneva Codes. Every person who allows themselves to be coerced into doing it is adding more weight to their cause, okay? And then you're putting, you know, uh, experimental gene therapy into your body. You don't even know what this thing does. Pete. So, see, because like I said, I, I like to bring receipts when I talk about this shit. So, this is again going to um, Dr. Bryden Artis. He is constantly referencing this, this paper from the FDA. It came out in, um, let me see if I have the name of this. Came out in, um, 2020, October 20th, 2020. FDA safety surveillance of COVID-19 vaccines. 
And this right here, this is from page 17. This is the draft working list of possible adverse event outcomes subject to change. Listen to this, what they knew in October 20th, 2020, okay? October 22nd, actually. Guillain-Barre syndrome, okay? So that's like a, a nervous system, nervous system uh, syndrome. Acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. That's like swelling of your brain muscles, basically. Transverse myelitis. I'm not sure what that is. Encephalitis, myelitis, encephalomyelitis, meningoencephalitis, meningitis, encephalophilus. Swelling of your brain or swelling of your meninges in your brain, okay? Convulsions, seizures, stroke, narcolepsy, and cat cataplexy, okay? Um, acute myocardial infraction, uh, myocardial infraction, a heart attack, myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, that's like um, a conge congestive heart failure, autoimmune disease, this fucking thing can give people autoimmune disease, okay? And autoimmune diseases, some of those autoimmune diseases, that's, um, again, Guillain-Barre syndrome, that's uh, possibly ALS, um, um, ALS, uh, what's, the, what's the other one? Things like um, ALS, Jakob Crutzfield disease. Oh, wow. Damn, Mr. Eason, damn, I'm sorry to hear that, bro. He said, my younger brother, 45 years old, has a form of cancer that 72-year-olds get. By the time he got checked out, he was yellow, jaundiced, so mid, late, so, so mid to late stage. It corresponds with when he got his vaccine. Damn. Right, blood clots on the brain. I'm sorry to hear that, bro. That's fucked up. Yeah, people are experiencing some serious shit with this. Anybody who got it? Now, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I feel like anybody who got the shot should get a D-dimer test. D-dimer, D-D-I, D-space, D-I-M-E-R, a D-dimer's test. It, it tests the, um, it basically, did. long story short, um, the D-dimer test, when people have blood clots in their body, one of the end stages of that blood clot being broken down is a product called D-dimer. And they test the amount of D-dimer in in somebody's body, in somebody's blood. And that can give an indication of if someone is experiencing a thrombotic episode. And thrombosis, that's just, you know, blood clots somewhere in the body. And so anybody who got the shot should get a D-dimer test. Autoimmune disease. Deaths. You think deaths would be somewhere at the top of the list, but that's like on the second, top of the second half of the list. Pregnancy and birth outcomes. If you look at the New England Journal of Medicine, they did research on, they did a pregnancy study. In the New England Journal of Medicine, it came out like either April or June of 2021. And in that study, I don't have it up here right now. In that study, they try to say, oh, 13% of women 
had, you know, any adverse, any 13% of pregnant women had adverse events after getting the shot. Okay. Not so bad. That's like the same as, you know, normal. So no difference, but there was about 300 something women and 200 something of those, let's just say two thirds of those 300 something women were in their third trimester after 26 weeks. Okay. A miscarriage is when a woman loses her baby up to 26 weeks of pregnancy. So in the first two trimesters of pregnancy, when you looked at the number of women in that study who were in their first 26 weeks, there was about 100, 100 100-something women. Out of those 100-something women, let's say 94 of like 127, I can't remember the exact numbers. Let's say 94 of about 127 of those women had miscarriages. It's like 80 to 90% of those women in the first and second trimester had miscarriages, according to the New England Journal of Medicine study. But because they added those women in their sec- in their third trimester, the numbers are skewed. So when they say, oh, it's perfectly safe in pregnant women, maybe safe in women in their third trimester, but even those women are having babies born with heart issues. I don't know what percent of babies, but women who are having babies born with uh, in, in the third trimester who are who are um, given the shot, some of those babies are having heart issues, and I'm sure there's way more to be studied on that. It's fucked up, but so this is how they lie with numbers. You know what I'm saying? I know because I went through the numbers. I went through the study. I heard it referenced by you know another doctor. I went through the study. I actually picked out the numbers for myself. That's how I know. That's why they can't tell me shit because I saw the numbers for myself. And I encourage you all to do it too. New England Journal of Medicine Pregnancy Study. It's either April or June 2020. Um, so pregnancy and birth outcomes. Other acute demyelating diseases. Demyelating disease, that's like multiple sclerosis. I, I was listening to, there's a whole bunch of women... Um, Maybe it's in Oregon. I can't remember what state it's from now, but there's a senator who who basically, it wasn't a trial or anything like that, but had these women come and talk about their experiences. It just happened to be a bunch of women who came to talk about their experiences. He said, oh, I'm pro-vaccine. I went and I got the shot because, you know, I wanted to play my part. Now I have these debilitating diseases. There are some people who are, who are paralyzed. Some some people who are experiencing, you know, nervous system stuff. There's one woman who basically told that she has um, multiple sclerosis now. Multiple sclerosis from this shot. If I can figure, if I can remember the, the senator's name, I'll pull it up for you. But, so so this is the type of thing that's going on, Okay. Um, let me see if I can find the senator's name. Oh, press conference with vaccine injured recipient, Senator Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, check it out. Senator Ron Johnson. Okay. You'll see it on there. 
It's about an hour long. It's actually an hour and 11 minutes long. But Senator Ron Johnson, and he has these women come on and they talk about it. And it's fucking horrendous. You know, it's horrific to think that this is going on. And they describe how, you know, their doctors don't even want to fill out the VAERS reports. Okay. And, you know, the VAERS vaccine adverse event reporting system, they don't want to fill out the VAERS reports for whatever reason, because they don't want any problems with the authority figures. So, you know, what happens now when you get rid of all the good healthcare workers? Well, let's say not all the good ones, but all the healthcare workers who have that, that rebel spirit in them, and then you're left with a bunch of yes men and a bunch of yes women. You think they're filling out VAERS reports? Listen, anyone who got the shot, y'all are in the phase three part of the study. Phase three part of the study where they study your ass for at least the next four years. For the next four years. Might be more. I'll look that up. So, you know, other acute... Um... Other acute demyelating diseases. Demyelating diseases, you have to think multiple sclerosis, like I said, ALS, um, Parkinson's disease, um, Alzheimer's. You know, those are demyelating diseases. And so you were having people who are having, I mean, this is a combination, autoimmune and other acute, acute demyelating disease. That's crazy. Like multiple sclerosis isn't an acute disease, okay? That is when multiple MS is when your nerve, your neuron, it, it experiences, um, you know, almost like uh, periods of demyelinization where the myelin sheath, let me see. For anybody who doesn't know what your myelin, okay? There's a telephone cord right here, right? So the myelin is like the plastic. The, the nerve, the neuron is underneath this. And the myelin is this plastic or this rubber part right here. So imagine now the rubber part comes off. That's demyelinization and that's exposing it. Imagine now you have a wire that's running, sending electrical signals and... A piece of that wire is exposed. You know what I'm saying? If that bumps up against anything, that's going to cause problems. Things are going to misfire. And they're telling us that this disease is causing acute demyelinization. Excuse me, the shot. One of the side effects is possible acute demyelinization. What the fuck is in this shot? October 22nd, 2020, they knew this. Okay, folks, think about this. It was released about December 2020. Thrombocytopenia, that's more blood clotting. Blood clot. Disseminated intravascular coagulation. That's some fucked up shit. DIC. Disseminated intravascular coagulation. Basically, that's, um, you know, coagulation in different parts of your veins, your vasculature, your veins. This is the type of thing, like, if that's in your, you know, the back of your calves, 
that could be, you know, deep vein thrombosis. That thing could cause a blood clot to go up to the lungs. That's a pulmonary embolism right there. Okay. Um, arthritis and arthralgia, joint pain. If someone is so lucky, Kawasaki disease, that the disease that they were saying little children could get. I remember they were talking about Kawasaki disease in New York City for a while, saying that all these little children were coming down with it as um, as an effect, uh, excuse me, uh, from COVID. Last year they were talking about that. And another thing in children, multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. Multi-system inflammatory syndrome, okay? And vaccine-enhanced disease. There's a thing, and we've spoken about it on here. Um, Robert Malone's spoken about it. Dr. Byron Bridal, he's one of the first people, I think, to really come out talking about it. Lots of people have talked about it now. Antibody-dependent enhancement. Antibody dependent enhancement. The more or less of ADE is instead people who receive the shot. And this is something that has happened with um, coronavirus attempts at a vaccine in the past. And this is why they've never had an actual coronavirus vaccine, because for whatever reason, once the vaccine is administered, the individual might be fine. But then once they are reintroduced or they're introduced to that same pathogen that they were so-called inoculated against, instead of fighting it off, one, their cell takes the disease, takes the, the pathogen and brings it into the cell and it destroys the cell from the inside out. This manifests as the, the antibodies attacking the nervous system, excuse me, attacking the immune system and attacking the body of the person who had the shot. And the whole immune response is enhanced. And it basically attacks the body. In the trials that they did in the past with other coronavirus uh, vaccines, it had killed cats, it had killed ferrets, it killed them once they were introduced to the pathogen. So these are the type of things. This is on, you know, this is from, um, let me see if I can find the actual name of this document. Oh, yeah, okay. So vaccines, hope y'all writing this stuff down. Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, October 22nd, 2020, meeting presentation. Um... Vaccine Safety and Effectiveness, Stephen Anderson, PhD, MPP, Director of Office of Biostatistics and Epidemiology, CBER, okay? And this was dealing with um, – this was during the licensure period because, you remember, it wasn't licensed. It was approved under um, – it, it was approved under – what do they call that thing? Emergency use authorization. So at this point, it wasn't a licensed product and for good damn reason because they couldn't. 
And that, you know, we, we talked about this so much in the past. I, I don't want to just keep going over it, but with the emergency use authorization, one of the stipulations of that is that there can be no other effective treatments and there can be no safer treatments, you know, because when you do emergency use authorization, that means you are basically not holding this drug up to the same scrutiny that you would other things on an emergency use basis. And so they can skip parts of the trials, you know, they can skip uh, certain safety, certain safety fail safes. One of the things is, you know, even the phase three trial, like you're supposed to follow people for what, like four years, 10 years, whatever it is, you're supposed to follow people for a long time before a drug is even approved, just in case, just to see what happens, you know? So obviously they didn't do that. I hope y'all wrote down the name of that. Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, October 22nd, 2020, meeting presentation. That's what this is. And um, see if there's anything from this document that I could pull for you all. But th this is what we're dealing with right now, you know. And uh, yo, it's sad to see so many people kind of getting caught up in this and they don't know their legal recourse, but all they need to do is keep the people distracted enough so that they can unroll their plans, that they can unveil their plans. You know, why is it that Congress isn't mandated to take the shot, you know, things like that. Because they, they see themselves as better than us. Somebody had mentioned um, Georgia Guidestones. The following 10 messages are inscribed on one of the structure's giant slabs. These 10 messages are written on the Guidestones in eight different languages. Those languages are English, Swahili, Russian, Spanish, Sanskrit, Hebrew, Arabic, and Chinese. Interesting choice of languages too, right? Although they are not numbered on the monument itself, they are presented in this order in every language. One, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. There are 7 billion people, 7 plus billion people on earth right now. But it says maintain humanity under 500 million. That's not even 1 billion. Just let that sink in, okay? Georgia Guidestones. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. I recently heard, uh, I recently heard Bill Gates holds the patent to a new type of birth control. I'm still looking it up, so this could be complete bullshit. But basically, it's an electronic birth control where uh, a woman can have birth control in her body and it can be remotely controlled. <laughs> Number two, guide reproduction wisely. Three. Unite humanity with a living new language. That means no other languages. There is a thing where I think we, John and I spoke about this a couple weeks ago, where there are concepts that cannot be conveyed 
using languages like English. There are ideas where you just don't, there's no translation for that concept. So what happens in the future if, you know, everyone is speaking basically one bastardized language like English? You know how many concepts get lost? You know? Rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. That means all those old traditions go out the window. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That sounds nice. Um, you know, peace, peace. Um, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. But what's fair and what's just? You know what I mean? It, depending on who's administering that justice. I mean, believe it or not, there are people who think that America's system of justice, America's penal system is a system of justice. There are people who think that three strikes and you're out is just laws. You know what I mean? So are those the same people who are writing these just laws? I'm just asking. Let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Sounds noble, but again, you got to watch this, you know, because that means um, basically basically, uh, what, what happens to national sovereignty in that type of situation. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. That's not so bad. I, I don't like petty laws and useless, useless officials, but who's useless, you know, in the end of the day? It might be different than who we would consider useless. Balance personal rights with social duties. That's like where we're at right now, right? Because we are being told that getting this experimental gene therapy is our social duty. So our personal right, this this is interesting, actually. Because we are right on the cusp of this type of, you know, this type of framework, you know. Balance personal rights with social duty. What happens when you are told that your social duty is to receive experimental gene therapy that might kill you in a couple short years? You know what I'm saying? Pay attention, ladies and gentlemen. Number nine is prize, truth, beauty, love-seeking, harmony with the infinite. Hmm. Prize, truth, beauty, love, Seeking harmony with the infinite. Um, whew, Fred Carlack says, it seems like some type of reset. Exactly, the great reset. <laughs> it's what we're in right now, right? The great, re- the great reset. The, the Georgia Guidestones are there, I think, in the case that, you know, I guess they're anticipating some great national disaster, or what, what do you call it, natural disaster or tragedy. And when the people finally come to put the pieces of civilization back together, this is what they're going to find. 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Oh, they said it twice. So what's interesting, if you've heard of the Wildlands Project, the Wildlands Project is, you know, we spoke about it on here, but the Wildlands Project, at least in the United States, there is a plan to basically relegate you know, us to these smart cities and leave, you know, 90 something percent of the country uninhabited. 
which is disturbing, you know, because if you drive through this country, you see how much beautiful land and terrain is just open. It's not being farmed. It's not nothing. You know, the, the idea that we're crammed into these cities. I live in New York, right? Now, I used to, I was living out in the country for a few years out in Cali. And your concept of space changes when you live in the country, time and space. <laughs> out of the blue, BMX said, yeah, stack, stack and pack in the smart cities. You'll own nothing and be happy. That Right, and that is actually the words of the World Economic Forum. They say in the next 10 years, no more or less, by 2030, right? We will own nothing and we will be happy. This is what they have in store. This is what they hope they have in store for us. If people sit by and be docile and let this shit happen. But when you're living in the country, your concept of time and space is a lot different. So when I was out there, I mean, you know, drive a certain amount of time and you see how much space you cover. When you come into a, a city like New York, especially Manhattan, you see how small that city is, how small the actual space is, and how much they've crammed just on top, you know, stacked on top and on top. And you realize, like, this shit ain't that big at all. And it, it's almost like, like a giant video game or like a board game or something like that. It fucked my head up, you know what I mean, when I look at things now because... And it makes sense how you can just run into people as you're kind of going about. It's like a rat maze, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so, you'd be surprised how easy it is to run into someone that you know in the city. It's happened, yo, I had a divine moment of, of maybe a month or two ago where I went down to go get some crystals at one of my crystal spots. You know, it's not a store, but it's a person who sells them, you know? And so I went down there. And ran into one of my brethren. And then I'm talking to him. And then one of our sistren is right over there. Now, I haven't seen these people in probably two years. You know what I'm saying? And all this wild stuff happened, you know, even, even as we were talking and kind of commuting at that moment. But that's just to say, I smell some shit burning. I know I'm not cooking. Shit smells crazy. Um, but, you know, that's just to say, like, it's a small place in the end of the day. It's big, but it's small. It looks bigger than it is. And people don't realize it necessarily until, you know, I think you go into a wider place. So the Wildlands Project, the whole thing was that. <sighs> Excuse me. It's relegating people to these small-ass smart cities. With no cars, if you have a car, it's an electric car. Or better yet, they, they want to change cars from, you know, people owning cars to more like, like appliances. You know what I'm saying? Where you could probably rent a car or something like that. Go where you need to go. If you, um, if you have electric cars, like how far are you really going to go with an electric car? You could, I can, would wager to guess that they would have recharging stations strategically set up outside of these smart cities 
anticipating how far someone could make it on that charge. And at that charging station, they would probably have hotels too. Listen, it takes you, what, all of five minutes in and out of a gas station to fill up your car, you know? But how long does it take to charge up a smart vehicle? Hours. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> this is the world they want to create for us, folks. Um, Mr. Eastland said, started as a feel-good vision by Earth First in the 70s. It was a Stanford Research Institute Trojan horse, the Wilding Project. Ooh. Right. Fred Carlack said, reason celebs is selling their ish. That's right. Yeah. And um, it, I, I think you might also be talking about um, technocracy. Technocracy. Hold on, let me get this book real quick, folks. Stand by me, gente. This shit right here. Technocracy, the hard road to world order. Technocracy, the hard the the hard road to world order. This has been my introduction to technocracy. I've been hearing about technocracy for so long, but never actually did my homework into it. But this right here, it, it, it breaks down like, oh, look, huh, funny, chapter four. It's called The Rise of the Global City. And there's a quote, the world city as an analytical concept was developed in the 1970s and caught on in the 1980s as a new frame within which to grasp globalization. You know, um, and that's just it. This book is jam-packed full of information. Great book. It's by Patrick M. Wood. You know, even getting to listen to uh, Patrick Wood speak. You know, he talks about uh, Agenda 2030, the new urban agenda, Habitat 3, and just these, um, You know, just the the, the uh, kind of how the agendas are being rolled out. So one thing, urban spatial planning. This is from the book. This term is often synonymous with urban planning, but it's especially focused on land use, transport, and environmental planning. In particular, it focuses on influencing or manipulating the distribution of people within the community. The Euro European Regional Spatial Planning Charter states Regional slash spatial planning gives geographical expression to the economic, social, cultural, and ecological policies of society. It is at the same time a scientific discipline, an administrative technique, and, an, and a policy developed as an interdisciplinary and comprehensive approach directed towards a balanced regional development and the physical organization of space according to an overall strategy. Well, one thing that they explain that he explains in this book is that they're they're starting to kind of rope areas outside of the cities and calling them urban areas, you know, or putting them in under urban policies. And so even though they aren't necessarily urban areas, if they can fall under those same policies, then they can guide, they can, you know, direct the politics of a wider range of areas. You know, uh, one thing that caught my attention 
geospatial information systems. If y'all don't know about geospatial technology, and this is why, <laughs> you know, this is not something that people commonly know about, but once you learn about it, it kind of broadens your mind to like how these people are thinking and moving. From what I understand of geospatial technology, that's like Google and satellites, 3D imagery, you know, geospatial technology, that's the type of shit where, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it, you know, geospatial technology is like taking everything, every form of data, compiling it into, you know, maybe blueprints, like, okay, they could pull up, they could pull up a 3D image of, let's say, your apartment or, or your house or your neighborhood, right? Say they want to, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> they want to focus on you. you know, or let's say your neighbor. Let's, let's not say you. Let's say your neighbor, right? They want to target your neighbor. So they could pull up, you know, the little geospatial 3D imagery of, that, of, of your neighborhood and, you know, go to your neighbor's floor in the building and they can look at, you can look at the, the plumbing in the building, the wires and like separate layers. Like let's say you just want to look at the, the appliances. Let's say you just want to look at the utilities. So let me pull up the, the apartment building, but then strip it down and let me just look at the plumbing and the wiring and the cable, you know, in the building. Let's see how I can manipulate that. Let me shut off this motherfucker's water. Let me cause, you know, a backup in this person's tub, you know? Oh, let me use this imagery and bounce these signals off of the apartment and see where this person and his family member are residing in the apartment at the current moment, you know? Things like that. Like geospatial technology is crazy. So he talks about it in this book, geospatial information systems, stationary features of traditional geography are insufficient for urban spatial planning. People in vehicles move about and so their ge geography is changed from minute to minute. Geospatial information systems track the movement of people and things to the extent possible, the identity of the things being tracked. This is the main driver for the massive use of sensors in smart cities that track everything in real time, including people. Get the book, ladies and gentlemen. You won't be disappointed. Hard road to technocracy. Because the thing with technocracy, technocrats, that's a whole kind of class of people where, you know, capitalism, they say we got capitalism, communism, but eventually they're going to scrap all of that shit and you're just going to have technocrats. Technocrats are people like Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci's and um, Jeffrey Epstein's and, you know, people like this who feel that science trumps everything. And science is basically, in a way, the new religion. Like, there should be no religion. There should be no belief system but science. And the scientists should be the people to run everything dangerous thinking because whatever they say is the science goes period you know there's um there's a book actually the it's like the technocracy bible came out in the 1930s i think let me see if i can find the name of it mm, i don't know if i can find the name of it right now oh yeah this technocracy study course the technocracy study course 
I found the audio book of it. So, you know, I started listening to it. But check that out. This technocracy study course. And it was published before the end of 1934. <clears throat> and he says it became the touchstone for everything that followed. And if you read the, the report from Iron Mountain that goes right along with the technocratic agenda where they, in the report from Iron Mountain, they basically have to create such devastation in the world that people would turn over their sovereignty to basically, you know, a governing world body, you know, that, that's the more or less of it. Rise of the Gestapo part three, folks. I definitely suggest you look up the other ones, part one, part one and part two. This is from September 2nd, 2021 from MSN, KFVS 12. Governor Bashir, headline, Governor Bashir, FEMA strike teams, Kentucky National Guard to help states hospital with surge of COVID-19 cases. What the fuck? What is a strike team? That's the first thing before I even go into this. Overview of the strike team and task force leader positions. I don't know what this is. This is a PDF. This is... I'm just I'm just reading real quick. I know we got some military folks. If anyone could tell me what a strike team is in military terms, that would be great. Strike team specified combinations of the same kind and type of resources with common communications and leader. Task force, a group of mixed resources with common communications and a leader that may be pre-established and sent to an incident or formed at an incident. Okay, key points. Strike teams, <laughs> you said the light them up team, says key points. Strike teams are usually ordered but may be formed for an incident if you get enough of the same type of resources. In these cases, though, you will need to assign a strike team leader. When requesting and managing resources, the strike team and task force concept is designed to maximize the efficiency of multiple resources on an incident. The strike team and task force concept does this by maximizing the use of resources, reducing the manager's span of control, simplifying communications. So this is something that is being utilized in emergency management, it appears. Back to the article, Governor Bashir and his strike team. During the briefing, the governor said federal emergency management agency strike teams and Kentucky National Guard members were helping Kentucky hospitals in need during the surge of COVID-19 cases. With hospital staff and resources stretched thin, we need this additional help and we thank all those serving on the front lines, end quote, said Governor Bashir. He said three FEMA EMS strike teams were in Kentucky to help transfer and transport COVID-19 patients. The EMS strike teams are being managed by the Kentucky Board of Emergency Management Services through American Medical Response. Each team is comprised of five advanced life support ambulances and each ambulance is staffed with one paramedic and one emergency medical technician. Each team was placed regionally in Somerset, Prestonburg, and Louisville. Governor Bashir, bless, 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 homie. 
Governor Bashir said a resource request will be submitted soon to FEMA seeking two monoclonal COVID-19 antibody injection team to give antibodies subcutaneously to Kentuckians infected with the virus. That's one of the treatments I've been hearing about the, the monoclonal. I've heard that's had really good results, by the way. Um, he said two long-term care nurse strike teams are in development by the Kentucky Department for Public Health Healthcare Associated Infections Program. In total, the governor said 105 Kentucky National Guardsmen have been deployed for a new COVID-19 response mission in seven teams of 15. So, you know, that's just something that caught my attention. We're hearing more and more about these strike teams and, you know, task forces and this and that. They're, they're getting people used to the idea, in my opinion, that, you know, we're going to have military, some kind of uh, people kind of acting in that capacity, running around this country freely. Did y'all hear about the Marine... The Marine in the brig. So this is a Marine Lieutenant Colonel. I know we spoke about him before. Marine Lieutenant Colonel uh, Stuart Scheller. Stuart Scheller sent to the brig for openly criticizing the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I just want to kind of touch on this because, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people who agree with him being sent to the brig. And what you got to understand is, you know, this is the rise of the Gestapo. They are targeting military personnel. They've been targeting military personnel. Now they're especially going to target the personnel and make an example of them in any way possible because <clears> – <throat> The military are one of the the greatest deterrents between, or one of the greatest buffers between the people and a tyrannical government. In the end of the day, the government knows that the military, you know, they swore an oath to uphold the Constitution and defend it against enemies, foreign and domestic. That's why so many military members have refused when asked, you know, because they constantly are giving these surveys from what I understand. Because they're giving these surveys regularly for, you know, 20, 30 years, they've been giving these out saying, would you disarm Americans? Would you fire on Americans if ordered to? Some people say yes. Some people say no. Once you say no, they may not be up for those promotions. I remember when Obama was in office and so many generals resigned because they would not go along with that type of order. And, you know, I wish they had stayed, but what happens when you do that, and this is a semblance of what we see today, when the good people leave, you're left with the tyrants. And that's what we're seeing with, you know, these these uh, different these vaccine mandates. They are cleaning house of the people who would dissent 
against anything, you know? I mean, it's not even just the dissent. These these uh, medical personnel, they don't want to report to VAERS. They don't want to report, report on adverse effects, you know, of, of these shots because they don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to lose their medical license. They don't want to be outcast by their... Uh, by their colleagues. So they're just gonna go along to get along. But if you have enough people going along to get along, who's gonna ring the alarm and say, hold on, hold on, there's a problem? Nobody. And then you're left with tyrants. It's an easy formula. Easy formula. And you know, for I know I'm I'm preaching to the choir right now, you know? But yeah, thank you. Out of the blue BMX said, the litmus test during the Obama. Yes, exactly, yes. The litmus test, you know? They, and they give this litmus test a lot. I, I was listening to, um, man, okay, uh, Deborah, Tom, Deborah Thompson, Deborah Thompson. You know, she was doing documentaries. She was a former attorney back in the 90s. She did a lot of good stuff on Waco. And, um, you know, she talked about Operation Agile Provider. Just look up Linda Thompson on, you can find her still on YouTube. You can find her on BitChute. Her stuff is dynamite, you know. And you'll, you'll be able to find some of her stuff on, on the Waco on otwtube.com as well pretty soon. Her stuff is dynamite, though, because she talks about how, again, they were giving that litmus test back in the 1990s as well. It keeps coming back every few years. You know, I know Bill Cooper talked about that litmus test because they want to know who will be willing to go along to get along. That's where we're at right now, folks. Like, And so we're at the uncomfortable, uncomfortable juncture in the history of this nation where we, we can no longer just, you know, ride the fence. We can't just sit back and watch things happen because it's going to be happening to us. It is happening to us at this point, you know. I know people who have lost their jobs at this point. I know people who can't speak up about what they're seeing. Ooh, Dale G. Jr. said, any truth to the corporation of the United States being dissolved in 1999, and what do you make of the power outages in China? I don't know about uh, the corporation being dissolved in 1999. I'd have to look into that. I've heard stuff like that before, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know if it was dissolved in 99. Um, ooh, you want to tell her it's about to drop some heat. Yes, give it to me. Um... The power outages in China. I don't know about the power outages in China either, but um, that's pretty terrifying. I did hear, I was hearing about China going bankrupt, though, and China not being able to make good on its debt. Now, I don't know, but that could have a ripple effect on us because I know we owe China some money. <laughs> And if China, you know, if China can't make good on their debt, they might ask the United States to make good on our debt. And the U.S. don't have shit. The only collateral they have are us, the people, 
Ooh, thank you. You wanna tell her? Cause that was my next story. Thank you. Yeah. So you know, I don't know about the. Uh, I don't know about the. Um, the China blackouts. That's really interesting. I'll have to look into that. But I did hear that they're going through some bankruptcy thing now. They're saying it could be like as bad as the crisis in 2008. So stand by, you know, you want to tell her thank you very much because uh, yeah, this was actually on the list for tonight. Mm. Dr. Chiambori. <laughs> Yo. Listen, when I tell you, I've been knowing about Dr. Chimburi since like 2001. Yes, powerful sister. Yes, powerful elder right there. And I'm glad to see more people are learning about the elder, you know, because that, that's what the, um, what she was doing. That was one of the things that um, influenced me to come out to Africa from back in what? Um from back in you know 2001 2002 cuz i was learning about what she was doing back then peep game you want to tell her thank you very much sister october 1st 2001 you said since my post in 2016 <laughs> i posted something <laughs> Shit. Salute, salute. I see you are extra rapper. Forbes magazine, October 1st, 2021. Headline Louisiana hospital chain hikes insurance premiums for employees with unvaccinated spouses. Peak fucking game, people. This is why this is so important. Again, Rise of the Gestapo, part three. Listen, this is the article. Top line. Oceaner Health, Louisiana's largest healthcare provider, will raise health insurance premiums for employees whose spouses or domestic partners covered under its benefits plan are not vaccinated against COVID-19. A decision CEO Warner Thomas said was intended to keep premiums low for employees. What? How is that even a thing? It's the CEO Warner Thomas. This motherfucker needs to... Let me just continue. The quote-unquote spousal COVID vaccine fee, which will be up to $200, will be deducted from employees' paychecks starting next year, according to the Times-Picayne New Orleans Advocate, which reported on the decision. This is fucking horrendous. The surcharge will not apply to other dependents, such as children who are covered by the employee's health insurance and are eligible for vaccination, according to the letter. The decision is part of the self-insured organization's efforts to keep health premiums low for employees after spending, quote, more than $9 million on COVID care, end quote, for those covered on the company's health plans last year, Thomas said in a statement. According to the Times-Picayne New Orleans advocate, self-insured organizations hire an insurance company to administer their health plans and pay directly for health costs. Oceaner's employees have to receive vaccinations for COVID-19 by October 29th to keep their jobs. Rise of the Gestapo Part 3, ladies and gentlemen. Like, so 
without specifying, they're just at this point, you know, like, yeah, these people should be in prison. They should be, you know, put on trial, but maybe they should just be thrown face first off of the top floor. I mean, what would George Washington do? You want to tell her, says, two companies in the United States have already shared plans to increase premiums. And this is the thing, because if it's accepted by one corporation, then others will fall suit, you know? And, and it's not a coincidence. Like, folks have to look at organizations like ALEC, American Legislative Exchange Council. We talk about them all the time on this show because you will have people, you have um, these type of people like ALEC, they will whether they send lobbyists or uh, elected officials, selected officials are members of these organizations and they are given a piece of paper. They say, listen, this is a bill. You're going to introduce this into the house. They take that piece of paper, they introduce it to the house. Other people, other selected officials are told, Hey, look, when this piece of paper comes in, this is one of our bills. It's going to be introduced by somebody or so-and-so. Make sure you vote on it. And they go and vote on it. This is how laws are passed in this country. And people get their palms greased, you know what I'm saying? They get their pockets lined. And then the, the people get screwed over. Um, you want to tell her, says Michelin North America said it will increase health care premiums by $100 a month. Employees not vaccinated, Delta Airlines, these people are fucking disgusting. They're absolutely disgusting. And, you know, ugh, shit is sad that we got to this place in in history right now, you know? That's why I say, you know, like, we, we have enough mid, what's it? Oh, my gosh. Delta Airlines said it would add $200 to employees' health premiums who are not vaccinated by November 1st. You see? They give people these deadlines, these ultimatums. Listen, it's experimental gene therapy, you know? And this is why I always say, like, if you want to be part of that trial, if you want to be part of the phase three trial, and these people are going to watch you for the next, you know, 10 years to see what kind of adverse reactions or if it kills you, that's your business. But this shit should not be mandated. And we know that at this point that we've been told too many lies about what this disease is in the first place. And I think that's the foulest part. That's one of the foulest parts about it. Because we've been lied to so much, you know? Like I said, the PCR test is bullshit. The PCR test will be phased out by December 31st this year. If they could phase it out now, they would. Which means that if it's going to be phased out by the end of this year, then it might as well be phased out by right now. That's all I'm saying. Because what what's it doing? What's the point of it? Ugh, shit is so disgusting. And it's sad that this is where we're at, you know, and, and I know a lot of people don't have the stomach for this fight, but a lot of people do. Oh, yeah. They can't say it was done in a lab. They can't say that because then they're going to have to come clean about everything. And, and, you know, people would drag them through the streets. That's the thing. 
you know, I was listening to a statistic. It was um, Dr. Zev, what's this motherfucker's name? What's the guy's name? Dr. Zev Zelenko. Dr. Zev Zelenko was being interviewed by Stu Peters. Dr. Zev Zelenko, this motherfucker, yo, when I tell you, dropping some heat, some fire. Dr. Zev Zelenko, he, um, I know I posted a video of him a few weeks ago where he was, you know, he basically describes he's cured, you know, thousands of patients, thousands of COVID patients since this whole thing started. And so he's now with the bullshit and he is very uh, candid and direct about how he feels. Oh, no. Fred Carleck said, have you watched Fauci on trial at the Senate? All the info comes out. No, I haven't. But see, so and this is what I'm saying. So if the information is already out and if, the, if these are at Senate hearings, so if all this information is coming out in Senate hearings, it should be a wrap for this motherfucker in the end of the day. But because the people are uneducated and the people don't know, not uneducated, people are uninformed about what's going on. Like, listen, if people, if folks are listening to fucking CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and all these, they're not getting what's going on. Because if Fred Carlack, you're telling me that all this information is coming out in Senate hearings, you know what the problem is? How many of those senators and Congress people have uh, had their palms already greased prior to the hearing? You know, um, th th this is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah, because the gain of function research. Yeah, and you know what's wild? Because even before that stuff came out, we were talking about the gain of function research on this show, on this program, and saying, is this gain of function? You know why? Because I have a, I have articles from 2015. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this for y'all before before I get out of here tonight. Yeah, yeah, yo, it's, it's Fauci. Yeah, like I I know in the past show, in the past few months, probably in the past two months, one of our shows, we actually pulled up the uh, one of the. Uh, one of the research papers, it was a gain-of-function study from, I believe it's from Wuhan, and the National Institute of Health was listed as one of the funders of that operation. There was a few on there, and NIH was one of them. So you're telling me that Fauci didn't know about that? Yeah, thank you. they all complicit. It's all theater. You know? Oh, yeah, I got so much information on that. Um, Here we go. There's an article. I can't remember what it's from. I can't remember what it's from. But the headline, this is from November 17, 2015. Now, 2015. Headline, scientists just created a dangerous new form of SARS, okay? It's been well over a decade since the SARS virus captured the attention of the world and very nearly devastated the global population. Between 2002 and 2003, the virus managed to infect over 8,000 people across 37 countries, nearly 10% of who were killed before the outbreak was fully contained. 
Now scientists have created a highly potent hybrid of the virus, which has since been dubbed SARS 2.0. The new strain is very similar to SARS, but is modified to be more contagious for humans. Essentially, is a mix between a type of SARS that infects mice and a new form of SARS that was recently found in Chinese horseshoe bats called SHC-014. Okay. Motherboard tech by Vice. This is from November 15, 2015. Headline, ethical questions arise after scientists brew super powerful SARS 2.0 virus. Um, more than a decade after its outbreak, the name SARS still incites memories of worldwide panic over a disease that we thought at the time couldn't be stopped. Now, 13 years later, scientists have created a hybrid version of a virus that could be the world's next pandemic, SARS 2.0. This is from a 2015 article in Vice, Vice News, okay? So I can't remember the guy's name now, but he, oh, damn, what's his name? But he deals with... Uh, Fedco says my, my cousin's family all have COVID and they all vaccinated. See? Yeah. See? So let me see if I can find this guy's name because he uh, he's a legal expert and he deals with, you know, medical fraud and all kind of stuff. He was the guy in Plandemic. Oh, shit. Let me see if I can find his name real quick. Because he talks about how there are all these patents for SARS, basically going back to the beginning of this decade for the last 20, 20 something years. And then it wasn't until it wasn't until you know twenty two thousand three, the first SARS outbreak that it actually became a thing. Before that, there was no such thing as SARS. But then you have people who own the patents to these pathogens. That he, that's the more or less of it. Dr. David Martin. Y'all should look him up. Is that him? Yeah, Dr. David Martin. This guy's a beast. He, I mean, that that's one person who, you know, when you when you listen to him speak, because he comes again with all the receipts. And he talks about from early on, from 2003, the first SARS outbreak, you know. And and this is the thing. Yeah, Dr. David Martin. And so. This is how we know that this narrative of being fed is bullshit. You know, like, yeah, how did it get from the animal to the human in the first place? Zoonotic diseases, that's not, you know, from what I understand, it takes a lot for a pathogen to go from an animal to a human and then spread throughout the human population in the way that they're talking about. But then when you look at all, look at all the gain-of-function studies that have been done, Really, since the early 2000s, because they didn't start in 2015 or 2014, 
no, in 2014-15, the U.S. said the U.S. banned gain-of-function studies in the United States. So they had to ship that shit <laughs> offshore to do what they had wanted to do. Oh, Fedco says, bro, they're reporting the relative numbers versus the absolute numbers. Sean Model on IG explains it all. Yeah. Uh, um. Oh, yeah. See, so, right. So even what you're saying, I know, um, what was it? It was one of these doctors was, oh, yeah, Dr. Chris, Christine Severin. I think it was. She was explaining like the relative safety versus absolute safety. Yeah, I talked about these numbers earlier on in the program. Dr. Christine Severin. I'm pretty sure they deleted that video from my page and didn't even give me a didn't even give me a heads up. But she was explaining that the um the relative safety versus absolute safety, something like that. Um well, because once you uh of, of the actual shot, because once you do the absolute safety, something I don't even want to misquote it. Let me not misquote it. Look at what Dr. Christine Severin says about it. That better to look at that than me jack up what she says. You know, we're being lied to, folks. Look at this headline: Bat SARS like coronavirus. It's not SARS 2.0. 19 November 2015. A study on the potential of SARS virus like bat coronaviruses to cause human disease has reawakened the debate on the risks and benefits of engineering viruses. Let's go over the science and then see if any of the criticisms have merit. Y'all know what it is. If you want to look that up, SHC014. That was the name of it. And if you look up stuff about SHC014 now, they try to tell you, oh, no, it's not the coronavirus. It's not COVID. Yeah, this shit is crazy. And, you know, folks, it's just important to uh, remain vigilant with what's going on right now. Remember when they were like, there's not going to be any uh, vaccine passports? You remember when they called that conspiracy theory and told people they were crazy for even entertaining that idea? Here we are. You know? So let me see if I can pull this up. Because, you know, every now and then we get some wins. Now, this is actually from May 7, 2021, but I just heard about this today. Wow, Dale G. Jr. No, I did not see the Fauci connections to talcum mines, which is crazy. If talcum mines, you mean like talcum powder, same talcum powder that J&J that Johnson & Johnson is giving people that's giving them cancer. It's very interesting. No, I didn't hear about that. So this is from Rights and Freedom, 
but I heard about this. This was um right, yeah, exactly. J and J. See, they're all in bed together. He's a fucking technocratic eugenicist. So this says COVID fraud. Lawyers, medical experts start legal proceedings against WHO and world leaders for crimes against humanity. I read the I I learned of this because um Robert Malone, the inventor of the uh the PCR test, or he discovered, not not the PCR test, forgive me, The uh, he discovered the mRNA vaccine process. He, he tweeted this the other day. Robert Malone, MD. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I mean, and he's completely just, you know, he's shitting on these people right now. And the thing with him is, you know, he works for the government. And he was there at the forefront of so much stuff. So they can't really just silence him. They tried to silence him. But I guess he's gotten through that at this point, and he's just continued to just drop information. But you know, he, he's dropping information. He's one of those one of those people. Like, if I was you, I would check out his Twitter while it's still around. So the Desert Review. I just went to this one because this is you know. This, this was posted by him. The Desert Review, Imperial Valley News That Matters to You. Thousands, this is from September 28th, 2021. Thousands of medical professionals declare COVID policies, quote unquote, crimes against humanity. All right. An international alliance of physicians and medical scientists met in Rome, Italy on September 12th to 14th for a three-day global COVID summit to speak, quote, truth to power about COVID pandemic research and treatment, end quote. The summit presented an opportunity for the medical professionals to compare studies and assess the efficacy of the various treatments for the coronavirus that have been developed in hospitals, doctor's offices, and research labs throughout the world. However, Many of these medical professionals have experienced career threats, character assassination, censorship of research papers, clinical trials, and patient observations. Their professional history and accomplishments altered or omitted in academic and mainstream media because of them providing life-saving treatments for COVID patients. So they they provide life-saving treatments and all this shit, character assassination occurs because they're told that there is no treatment for COVID. You see what I'm saying? Dr. Robert Malone, who discovered in vitro and in vivo RNA transfection and invented mRNA vaccines while he was at the Salk Institute in 1988, read the declaration at the summit. Wow. The physician's declaration states, quote, We, the physicians of the world, united and loyal to the Hippocratic Oath, recognizing the profession of medicine as we know it, is at a crossroad, are compelled to declare the following. 
whereas it is our utmost responsibility and duty to uphold and restore the dignity, integrity, art, and science of medicine, whereas there is an unprecedented assault on our ability to care for our patients, whereas public policy makers have chosen to force a quote-unquote one-size-fits-all treatment strategy resulting in needless illness and death rather than upholding fundamental concepts of the individualized, personalized approach to patient care, which is proven to be safe and more effective. Whereas physicians and other healthcare providers working on the front lines, utilizing their knowledge of epidemiology, pathophysiology, and pharmacology are often first to identify new, potentially life-saving treatments. Whereas physicians are increasingly being discouraged from engaging in open professional discourse and the exchange of ideas about new and emerging diseases, not only endangering the essence of the medical profession, but more importantly, more tragically, the lives of our patients. Whereas thousands of physicians are being prevented from providing treatment to their patients as a result of barriers put up by pharmacies, hospitals, and public health agencies, rendering the vast majority of the healthcare providers helpless to protect their patients in the face of disease. Physicians are now advising their patients to simply go home, allowing the virus to replicate and return when their disease worsens, resulting in hundreds of thousands of unnecessary patient deaths due to failure to treat. Whereas this is not medicine, this is not care, these policies may actually constitute crimes against humanity. Now, therefore, it is resolved that the physician-patient relationship must be restored. The very heart of medicine is this relationship. And this goes on. This goes on. You all should read this. Um, I'm going to the end of this. It says, Liberty Council founder and chairman Matt Staver said, quote, these medical professionals have been censored and threatened for simply upholding the Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. Throughout history, many breakthrough discoveries that have now become accepted science were initially censored. It's past time to end medical censorship and allow doctors and scientific experts the freedom they rightfully deserve. So, you know, oh, oh, wow. Fedco says California's governor is saying if we get vaccinated, this shit will go away. Yeah, that's what they said in New York, too. And here we are. <laughs> Dale G. Jr. said Klaus Martin Schwab is kissing cousins with Fauci. Their bloodline family crest has serpent with a baby in its mouth. Oh, they're from that family? Oh, shit. Yeah, I've seen that family crest before. There's a great... Great page, Pat, 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 Pat Partisan. I can't remember how you pronounce it. Um, uh, um, I think it's Pat, Pat, our son, P A D A R. P-A-D-A-R-S-A-N on IG. But this individual, I mean, every freaking reptilian reference 
if there is one, Pat Arsene probably has it. And if they don't have it, you can tell them and they'll put it up. He or she will put it up. Crazy though. But yeah, I've seen that's where I saw that. That's where I saw that that family crest you're talking about. I didn't know they were cousins. Okay. They could both burn in hell. Together, holding hands, kissing. Yeah, so this is from the Physicians Declaration Global COVID Summit, Rome, Italy. And you know, this is almost like a new Geneva code type of thing. But when you look at the co-signers, they have so many co-signers. I mean, like they said, a thousand doctors, 10,000 medical professionals are in line with this. <clears throat> and people are pushing back at this point. And so, you know, we're not alone. I'm sure there are a lot of people because this is the thing. We're going to have to find ways to navigate around this at this point, you know, navigate around this new world that's being created for us. And I always say it, and I'll say it again. If you don't want to get the shot, don't get the shot. But don't let these people coerce you into putting some experimental gene therapy into your body. You know, um... Yeah, New York's not having it. Um, some people are going along to get along. And that shit is sad, but for the most part, I don't even want to say that for the most part, because I don't know. But a lot of people aren't with that shit. Phase three trial, phase three studies study the safety and efficacy of the intervention in large groups of trial participants from several hundred to several thousand over time. They answer the following questions. How do people who get the vaccine and people who do not get the vaccine compare? Is the vaccine safe? Is the vaccine effective? What are the most common side effects? You know, we're in the phase three trial right now. And the phase three trial trying to see exactly how many years you're supposed to follow the people after that. Oh yeah, it says they will be followed closely for up to two years to see if they do develop COVID-19 related symptoms such as fever, headache, shortness of breath, etc. So at least two years, at least two years, you know, at least two years, uh, people are supposed to be followed in phase three trials. So phase three technically isn't over and everyone who's receiving it, we won't really know. I mean, officially on paper, this part of the study won't be over until, you know, what, December, 2022, you know, peace, peace, December, 2022. So you probably should put that in your calendar. And just, you know, kind of remember that because look at the propaganda. This is the one of those times where we can kind of look forward, project into the future and look and see what what they have in store for 2022, especially December 2022. 
So by then, it was rolled out December 2020. By December 2022, we should have a better idea of where we're at with this. If that antibody-dependent enhancement starts hitting people, maybe that's what these some of these doctors were talking about, how people will be afflicted with this ADE in the next two years, you know? I mean, fucking horrendous. Luso said Ontario, Canada wants to introduce the digital VAX passport and eliminate driver's licenses, health cards, and IDs and have this passport as one. God damn. Talk about the mark of the beast, yo. Ugh. Fucking horrible. Damn. Canada, see? I don't know. Y'all need more gun rights in Canada. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Same with Missouri. Real ID compliant. Yo, we're in the real ID shit. Like, you know, it's funny because under Trump, the real ID, that was put off until 2021. But here we are again. Don't they want us getting this thing soon? Man. <sighs> My people. Gotta stay vigilant out here. I can just keep going on, but I think I'm gonna sign off soon. That's right, we already started going cashless. So here we are, you know. Get yourselves a black light. I got a little black light flashlight. And I don't know. I mean, you've seen the videos of people running the black light over the vaccinated bodies and seeing the um, luciferase light up. I don't know how real they are, but you tend to see, you know, the black light might show you some things. It's funny because I had this line. I said, blacks and crack light. I said, cracks and black lights make the same show clearer. That was in my song. It was the message. The hook of that song said, this goes out to Bush and those who want to push the button. Exterminating masses like it was nothing. Biological warfare killed the Indian. I guess what goes around comes back around again. I wrote that shit. I recorded that shit in 2003. Go figure, you know. Folks, thank you so much for hanging in here and riding with your boy. This is our fourth anniversary, four years going strong on the Wake Up Radio. Definitely can always check us out at onthewakeupradio.com, listening over there. We have, I mean, so many good shows. We have, I mean, we must have like 20-something shows at this point, you know? 20 shows, different show. On the Wake Up is one show, but we have 20-something different shows different hosts, you know, um, check that out. We got otwtube.com. That's our social media platform. Check that out. otwtube.com. 
That's the new YouTube. That's the black YouTube. That's the conscious YouTube, whatever you want to call it. We got that. It's our social media platform. You can post pictures. You can post videos, all that stuff. You can communicate with your people. And we are working on creating a group function so that, you know, like you see what happened with the people, the vaccine injured people on Facebook. They had a group with over 200,000 people in it and Facebook deleted it, which means those people now cannot reach out to each other. They do not have the same level of communication with each other. And that's foul. Why would you do that? What do you have to hide? You know what I'm saying? That in uh, fucking Facebook, more of these technocrats, okay? They think they're better than us, ladies and gentlemen. They think they're better than us. Well, fuck them. In the end of the day, they're not better than us. And they can't quiet, you know, they, they can't quiet the dissent. All they, they're going to do is prolong their own suffering in the end of the day because the more people who be so there's one thing the more people who become outraged like people like us i think right now because we kind of have a better idea of what's going on to an extent we want to see these people you know we want to see these people brought to justice real justice and whatever happens may happen, whether it's trial, whether it's arrest, something. We're having these conversations. But the people who they just they, they, they're gonna learn what's going on, they're gonna be outraged and they're gonna call for blood. That's when you're gonna start to see people dragged through the streets. Imagine. Perfect example. Do you think? Someone like Anthony Fauci can walk down the street with no security. Okay? Can someone like Bill Gates walk down the street without security? They can't. They can't. They can't do it. They can't do it. And once the people find out, they definitely won't be able to do it. Look at all these fucking... Senators and Congress people, can they walk down the street without security? Kind of, but no. You know? Thank you, Fedco. Fedco said, wait till people find out they can't have kids because of these shots. Because Dr. Byron Bridal and so many others tell us that the biodistribution of the spike protein peaks in the ovaries, okay, which means, and from what I understand, it means that if, the, if you have spike protein in there, and the body and the immune system is being programmed to attack the spike protein, then what is it doing? It's attacking the, the ovaries. There are, I think, at least 28 different tissues in the body that are similar to this spike protein, which means all of them are fair game when it comes to the immune system. Okay? <laughs> you say, oh, there's going to be tribunals, not in my neighborhood. <laughs> Listen, folks, you know? No, 
They can't walk down the street. These people cannot walk down the streets. These people, none, these fucking politicians, these disgusting politicians who sold us out a long time ago, they can't walk down the street. You know, they can't walk down the street without their security. That's why they got to put fucking fences up around the Capitol building now. You think that was really because of that riot? so-called riot, whatever they call that, the insurrection on January 6th, that, that was not because of that. And watch, I bet you when this next January 6th comes up, they're going to erect those fences again in case they want to come back for the anniversary. You know? Fuck out of here, man. Yo. Yeah. My people, thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on all those different platforms. Please go to otwtube.com and create a profile on there. Join us in the conversation on there. But all those videos, all those videos that, you know, that you're sitting on at this point that you feel should be put up and should be shared with the community, Share it on otwtube.com. Direct other people, people who you know are being deleted, or whether you know whether big names, whoever, send them to otwtube.com. Okay, because that's where free speech is going on right now. These social media platforms, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, Twitter, they're fickle. You know what I'm saying? One minute you're there, one minute you're not. I mean, it's RT News just got taken down from uh, RT Germany, just got taken down off of YouTube. That shit is crazy. That's RT News. You know what I'm saying? Off of something. And they got taken down off of a couple videos that they posted months or years ago. You know, a long, no, no, I think it was last year, three videos. And somehow somebody went back and weaved through it and said, ha, take down RT News. That's fucking RT News, okay? So if RT News can be taken down off of YouTube, who are we on any of these social media platforms? In my humble opinion, RT News is a little more credible, just a little more credible than most of what we hear in the United States. Just a little more credible because they give more sides to the story, you know? But you would have to watch them to understand what I'm talking about. If you don't watch them, yeah, RT is real, you know? They have a lot of good programs on there. You can never say that, oh, they're Democrat or they're Republican because they, they're not. They just, you know, they talk about what's going on and they give it from an international perspective. And yeah, they talk about the U.S. a lot, but that's RT America, you know what I mean? You have RT International where the U.S. is barely a conversation. But if you don't watch RT, then you don't know that. You know what I'm saying? So all I have to say, if they can be deleted off these these, uh, social media platforms, then we definitely can be. That's why we created otwtube.com so that we can have the content up there and that we can have the conversations that need to be had in these times. Because these are the times when we need to have these conversations, folks. It's okay. It's okay to have these conversations. If you find people who are riding the fence, bring them to your side of the fence. Fuck it. Okay? That's where I'm at right now. I've, I have kept my mouth shut for too long in life. Okay? Now I'm speaking out. If there's a fence rider, get off that fence. Come here, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Fuck that. Because why? Why? Why should we let? Why should we let people listen? These people are just like us, and they don't know that there are people like them out there. People like you, who's listening to this right now, you have an idea that there are people like you. But just imagine those folks out there. Like I'm telling you, I'm hearing about doctors, medical professionals, all kind of people who can't even whisper about the shit that we talk about, but think about the same stuff that we talk about. This is what I'm talking about. These are the people out there that you need to grab at this point, you know, because no one of us is greater than the all of us, okay? That's where we're at right now. We need, we need more numbers. We need more intelligent people. If you're listening to this show right now, then you are an intelligent individual, all right? And, you know, you're, you're, you're cut, cut above the rest. And that doesn't mean we're special. It just means, okay, our, our minds think a little bit differently. We're willing to entertain different ideas. And we may not agree on everything, but we know one thing, that something is fucked up and that we cannot continue on this trajectory that we're on right now. Because it's just going to yield more fucked up shit. Period. Folks, you're listening to On The Wake Up Radio. Big shout out to my brother, John, the Masonic Marine from the Truth Booth Podcast. He couldn't make it tonight. Big shout out to you, the listener, the On The Wake Up Radio Army. Big shout out to the whole On The Wake Up Radio family. Big shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Tune in again next week for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up. Lord, individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Deanne. Cindy Ashby. On the wake up. You, the people, have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform.